You're listening to another episode of the Zag Extra Soap here, continuing our series, our bonus episode series featuring our new 2021 NLC Institute Fellows, Engaged Fellows, our amazing folks who are joining our crew in this 2021 year. Natalie Mejia from the Institute Group is here. We'll catch up with her. She's working very much and very closely in school, so a lot of insight and things to share there. We'll also hear what she's looking forward to once Institute begins here in a couple of days. Let's get to it. All right, Natalie, how would you describe morale in the schools that you work with and work in these days? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I would say right now things are a little bit tough in, in terms of the emotional resilience that is required of educators across the nation. Um, we just announced or we just found out not too long ago that we'll be continuing remote teaching for the next couple of months. And I think, again, like taking this sprint into now a marathon and maintaining enthusiasm for both uh, teachers, students, and then families alike, it, it's, it's quite challenging. And then as you watch the discussions that are happening in the media and in the newspapers about reopening, I do feel like there's a different tenor on how folks are thinking about reopening schools now. I think there's a difference in maybe, say, from March or the spring, where there was more, I think, comfort um, with things like restaurants being open or bars being open and schools not being open. But I think that flipped in the, maybe the last month or two. Do you pay attention to those discussions? Do you worry that the political pressure will, will amp up so much that, that schools may be forced into situations they, they aren't comfortable with? What's your, what's your kind of read and all that? Yeah, I do think, I do definitely think that we'll see, uh, maybe not for this school year in particular, but definitely for the 2021 school year, 2022 school year, uh, looking into schools feeling that pressure to open up in the fall. Um, and I, I'm in a place of like understanding where that pressure is coming from, both from like the parents and then like the, you know, political aspects around that. And at the same time, uh, connecting with my fellow educators around some of the anxiety that's associated with opening and thinking about long-term solutions. And would you say there's been any bright spots that you've seen in distance learning, things that have happened only in that context that might not have happened otherwise? Oh, yes. Um, I think one of the, well, there's many bright spots, but one of them is being able to differentiate the needs um, for learners. And so with the use of technology, right, blended learning has been around for many, many years, uh, but seeing an increased use of blended learning, um, you can see direct needs being served. And I think that's one of the glows, as well as like teachers being able to I think like uh, in some way become scientists, right? Like they are formulating their hypothesis around what would work and then like exploring whether or not that specific targeted instruction would work. Um, and so I'm seeing this development of teacher inquiry and just curiosity spark. And it's it's been a joy to be able to see that happen. And do you have any predictions once we're back to a state of being where kids are in schools five days a week and it looks quote unquote traditional or normal, but do you feel like education for kiddos will will be stronger because we've gone through this because you could see a lot of creativities that individual teachers could take or even schools or school districts could take to keep distance learning going in a way like you said that meets learners needs where they are you could see different things happening on weekends or at nights is there anything that you predict might stick around after this is over well my hope and desire would be that that curiosity continues and that teachers continue to um see themselves as practitioners uh, in, in service of students and learning. I do worry, though, however, around the emotional burnout. Um, again, going back to that emotional resilience that is required for all stakeholders to be able to, to put in all the moving pieces together, because I'm not sure, um, again, like emotionally, how much that's taking from each person to really be able to innovate and, 
and get to that level of creativity that we desire for our kids. In terms of Institute, we're so excited to have you in the group. It's always fun to have teacher folks and educator folks in our group to give that perspective. What are you most looking forward to once you all get started here in a couple of days? I think just connecting with people across Los Angeles and being able to hear from their perspective and their lens around uh, the different reforms that need to take place across the state of California, but our nation at large. And in terms of professional development for yourself, I, I know you're probably thinking and planning about PD a lot for, for others as part of your day job, but what things are you looking to develop within your own skill set? Um, I think continuing to to strengthen my intentional listening and active listening skills, being able to push myself in ways um, like entering a political space is a, it's a very new territory for me, learning around how I can bridge like my educational expertise along with policy is, is new to me. And so just being able to sit as a learner and taking that experience as it comes. Sounds great. Well, listen, congrats again on the fellowship. And thanks everyone for listening to this episode of The Zag. You got to meet Natalie today, but make sure to meet all of our amazing Institute fellows that will be joining her on all the episodes that we've been dropping this week. Get those all the places you find your podcast, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, Google. They're all there, short and sweet. Check them out. And until next time, we'll catch you soon.